On today's episode, Hey Siri, give us a loan. A recap and our reactions to Apple's massive event. It's episode 19 of Magnificent. As always, I'm Ian Fuchs, and this week I'm joined again by a pair of Chris's, MacTrust.com senior editor Chris Hauk, and top 50 social media influencer and writer of many things on the internet, Mr. Chris Roshnott. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, hey, how, are how are you? I'm doing quite well. So, um, Chris, what else is happening in your world this week? Oh, gee, it's been really boring. There's nothing, nothing going on. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I, I heard there was some kind of event yesterday, but I didn't really pay attention. You were uh, too busy writing things and yeah, couldn't, yeah, couldn't be bothered to, to look at Twitter or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got a little taste of that yesterday, didn't you, Ian? I did. I got the, uh, I got the distinct honor of live tweeting uh, from my account just to be retweeted by MacTrast, which that's... Uh, that's a quick way to both drain your phone battery and realize that your notification settings are out of whack. <laughs> it's always a fun thing to be retweeted by MacTrast. It is. And it, it was like this this cascade of like MacTrast retweets and then like 10 other people do the same thing. Right. It's always fun. Yeah. Well, this week I am at the CTA Wireless Association Convention in the Sands Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Very fancy. So I'll be seeing all of what's happening with Samsung, uh, wearables, technology, Verizon, pretty much all of the big carriers, and even the smaller ones from around the world. Um, Even companies that produce a couple of different Android phones, lots of Apple accessories, battery companies, and just everything in between. Nice. Yeah, very cool. And lots of free swag, I assume. A couple free swag, but I will have to write about them, so it's not technically free. They're media samples. Oh, yeah. It's oh, right. it's still cool things you get to try out maybe before they're available. or Oh, for sure. Right as they're coming to market, which is always yes. fun to be That's in true. the know right away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you guys want to talk about an Apple event? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so the event uh, was was yesterday, the 9th of September. And now that we've had 24 hours to digest, um, let's, I, I suppose we just start at the top of the event. Basically, Tim Cook came out and he was like, hey, we have a lot of stuff, so I'm not going to go over the numbers spiel, which is fine yeah. with me. This is oh, the, yeah, I hate that. This is the like, third or fourth event now where they've come out and they've skipped all the numbers other than saying, we're doing great, customer satisfaction's great. Now on to the show. Well, I think one reason for that is uh, the press has been hounding Apple for their Apple Watch numbers. They want some sort of number to figure out if the Apple Watch is a, quote, fail, which, you know, it isn't a fail because we see people wearing it out on the street. So they're selling. But uh, they just want a number they can say, oh, well, this is where they were at six months ago. How come they're not selling more? So I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they're skipping numbers now. I, but even before that, like last year they were skipping numbers and... I think for them, it's just, uh, we don't need to show you all these great numbers. We have an earnings call that talks about these numbers. Everyone knows Apple is succeeding. Why brag about it or make a big deal out of it? And for them, it's 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 more fun to go in and say, here's all the cool new stuff, because people get more excited about that. That's true. Yeah, I'd rather see it just go right into the fun stuff. I, I have to sit through the numbers call every three months anyway, so I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> So uh, 
the first thing they brought up in the event was the Apple Watch. And well, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised at all that they didn't announce Apple Watch 2. And I don't think anyone should be surprised since the first model of it just came out in April. They did announce that Watch OS 2.0 would be out next Wednesday, the 16th, which I've been using the beta long enough to know that I'm glad it's finally to the GM, finally to the final version. It should be out on the 16th and everybody will be happy. So everything seemed pretty solid with that? Uh, I updated last night and everything has been solid so far. I ended up having to unpair and repair because there was some issues between the beta and like its connectivity to the iPhone. So I did have some issues with... uh, texting and or like dictation and accessing Siri. Uh, but I unpaired repaired, which is what they suggest doing. Solved all the problems. Everything's working great now. Great. Um, so things like battery life, I'm seeing significantly better battery life in the last beta. And now with this one than I ever did on watch OS one, whatever. Um, I mean, I'm most nights I'm plugging my watch in and it's at 50%. Well, that's great news. You, it's it's possible you could almost get two days out of it, especially if you uh, put it in power reserve mode overnight or something so you don't drain the battery overnight. You could almost get two days out of it. Doesn't it know now that you're not moving and sort of do that on its own? Or they're not quite there yet? It it does some... like I mean, things like the screen doesn't activate if you're sedentary. Um, But there there's a... I'm sure a lot more that could be done with restricting resources or when my phone's in do not disturb things like notifications, obviously like still go to the watch, but they don't make it sound. So if they just didn't go to the watch at all, you could reserve some power or it could disable Bluetooth or only occasionally check in with Bluetooth. I'm sure there's some stuff they could do to optimize it, but we're not there yet. Um, I think it's power management with the Wi-Fi on. is pretty good. Like that, um, with, I know with my Android Wear watch, I don't use the Wi-Fi on it at all, and I get about two days worth of uh, usage out of that one charge. That's pretty solid. So anyway, uh, that's here and there. Other things they announced yesterday with the Apple Watch, the uh, the Sport model now comes in two new colors, Woo-hoo! both a gold and a rose gold, and they are similar colors the gold is a similar color gold or i assume the same color gold as the gold iphone it is an anodized aluminum so it's not actual gold it's just aluminum that's tinted gold uh and the rose gold is a little bit pinker than the uh the gold but it's still very nice very subtle and i think they they look on the watch they look really nice now down the road here we'll get to some other <laughs> devices that i'm not so sure on mm-hmm but on the watch, I think it looks nice, and it's a nice, subtle way to both have your iPhone match your watch, or your watch match your iPhone, and also to add a little bit of, I guess, style and flair to something that's kind of basic. Yeah. And since the watch is supposed to be jewelry, it makes sense. Yeah, I think when it comes time to actually buy the Apple Watch, I think I'm probably going to go for that gold. That actually me looks pretty well. nice. Yeah, gold looks, is Looks nice me. in the photos, so. For sure. That's because you're an old man, Chris. Well, yeah, Chris. we like gold things. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I, I don't. It'll happen to you someday, young man. I know, and it's 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 funny because I've never been a fan of gold watches, 
And like when they released the uh, edition in that 14 or 18 carat or whatever it was, I was like, this is gaudy. Now I don't think it's as gaudy just because I've had time to see it more, you know, on their site and stuff. But with the sport, it doesn't look gaudy. It's a very nice, subtle gold. And a gold watch you can match with anything, right? And a gold watch that's affordable and not crazy, oh, absolutely. you know, seventeen or $18,000. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're looking at three fifty and 400 for the 38mm and 42mm of the watch, whether it's silver, space gray, gold, or rose gold. There were people out there taking the mid-grade watch and having it dipped in gold. So they're like, uh-huh. how do we, f- yeah, how do we fix that? Well, let's just release a gold version of the watch. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, other announcements that came out of the watch. Uh, Apple has a exclusive third-party partner shop with Hermes, which is a maker of fancy uh, watch. I, I think it's watches and watch bands, correct? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, so they had a couple different leather, very nice like brown leather bands um, that look great with the watch. But if you look at the price tag on them, it's like a thousand bucks or more for some of these bands. It's a good start for them to start partnering because, like it says here, it's a custom watch face as well. So I mean, I could see in the future Tag Heuer having a custom watch face, maybe Rolex. I know they're a Swiss company, so they may not do it for a while but you know even now we have beatles music on the itunes music stores and that they said would never happen so you just never know right. what will happen but i like how it's a third party and now we can get other cooler watch faces from companies we know right and that's that's one thing that i find really interesting about it is it's not just that hermes is making the bands but they're actually giving you if you get the band you get this custom watch face and i'm not sure how that works because According to Apple's documentation, there are no third-party watch faces. You can add third-party complications, but no watch faces. Well, maybe there's something in the band that recognizes that it's an Hermes band and sends a signal to Apple. So Maybe. I I was thinking maybe like when you buy the watch band, you get like a special App Store redeem code. And they they price the app at $10,000 or something so people (laughs) don't buy it. But you get this redeem code with it that lets you download it, that installs it, and lets it. And Apple gives them special permission to break the rules. But I agree. I definitely think you're going to see Rolex and Tag and Omega and some of these other brands that you know have kind of names and watches um, making some custom watch bands and faces that let people have an Apple Watch and still have that name brand. And I could see Swatch Group, they have a whole ton of different watch brands. And the cooler Swatch faces, you could just maybe switch it up every day or every week or whatever you want. And then you'd have something that's recognizable. I'm really looking forward to the uh, the different watch faces that come out. And at some point, you know, they're going to open it up and let third-party developers actually build watch faces. I mean, it's inevitable. That would be great. So... When that day comes, I will be getting a slow watch face so that one full revolution is a day. And it's fuzzy time and super nerdy. So The last thing uh, Apple Watch related was sport bands that I saw, at least. And I know they made some other changes to the leather bands and stuff like that, but they were, I think, more like 
more visible stitching and stuff. They're not significant changes. But the sports bands, sport bands, uh, they they brought out like ten more colors, which I think it looks super great, and it's it's a way to add style to the watch. Why not? Good idea. There's been so many third-party companies coming out with different colors or styles. Apple said, well, we can control more of this market share that's sprung up since the watch launched, and we can uh, get some more money from people. Yeah. Well, in so many happened. of those, so many of those third-party ones you get on like Amazon and eBay, the quality is horrible on them. Right. So right. by Apple offering these other colors, now you know you're getting a good quality band, even if it's a sport band. Oh, yeah. Sure, but in those other colors. Yeah, they've just they they've done what they've done in the past. It's just you know we'll wait and see how people are going to use this, how they're going to want to accessorize with it, and then we'll do something about it. Let everybody else make the first move. Yeah, um, yeah. They added a brown. They added kind of a beige. Um, another beige. It's a different color of beige. Uh. Bit like of, a bit of a mauve there or something like this, with this purplish gray or whatever. <laughs> they have stone and antique white, and both of them are kind of a tannish brown. It's just one is a little whiter and one of them is a little grayer. They added fog hmm. and a navy blue, midnight blue. That's nice. Lavender. Yeah, I just I just clicked on the lavender. That's no. Um, they added uh, an orange. Which in the pictures online looks kind of red. I'm really hoping it's it's really orange because I'll get that then. They should do a cool. product red band. They and they added a product red band. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I think we had said product red. Yes, we wanted that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was watches. Lots of new bands. Watch OS two out the sixteenth. Sports model now in gold and rose gold, in addition to the space gray and the silver. Um, or space black and silver. See, this is why you wait to get an Apple Watch so you can get the color you want. I guess. My wife did tell me that. I got her the stainless steel one for her birthday in June. Um, and then I t- was telling her yesterday about the event. And I was like, oh yeah, they brought a sport model out in gold and rose gold. And she just gave me this look like, is it time to trade yet? You dummy. <laughs> Dang it, I knew I should have waited. But she's happy with hers. The band she has, because she's got some casemate bands. Oh, and good. those look better with the silver than they would with the gold, so sure. she's contented. Next on the docket from the event was the iPad Pro. Yay. Yeah. The uber-huge tablet. The giant iPad. With a smart connector. With a smart connector and a keyboard and a pencil. And Chris tells me I'm wrong on what I think the storage is. Yep. I just checked the side. Just goes thirty-two and then jumps to one twenty-eight. Wow, I I could have swore it said sixty-four, but you're right. So that's you, why I went and checked. It's, <laughs> it's I thought it was too. It's available in two sizes: thirty-two gig for eight hundred bucks, one hundred and twenty-eight gig for nine hundred and forty-nine dollars, and both of those are just the Wi-Fi only models. And then they have a single cellular model, the one twenty-eight gig for one thousand seventy-nine dollars. So they obviously didn't want people, because they would all have purchased a 64 gig. They said, oh, we can't do that. So we're going to force people to buy the 128 gig version. Yeah. And it's only 100 and 
you know, $49 more, so why not? Yeah. The, the part that I, the thing I find weird about that is for $149, you get four times the storage, but that, that price jump doesn't hold true in any other product in their, in their line. Right. So that means something. Yeah. And I, I'm sure for them, it's the 32 is probably an arbitrary number. They were like, well, let's just do 32. Then if you want the iPad Pro, but you don't know how much you're going to use it, or it's, and it's also what you're going to use it for. If you're using it as a media consumption device, which I think is part of their uh, their marketing tactic for it, 32 is probably fine because you're going to stream a lot of stuff. You're going to watch Netflix or movies off iTunes in the cloud. If you're going to do it from a professional aspect, the 128 makes 128 makes more sense. Well, they're definitely gearing this towards the professional. I mean, with the word pro in the name itself, this is more geared towards, I would think, more of the content creators. Sure, they're going to be consuming media, but with the pencil, they're definitely going to be creating stuff. That's true. I don't know. I I still think there's a... The way they positioned it during the keynote, um, they definitely showed it as a way to watch movies. And obviously there's some other things you can do. You can make movies, you can edit photos, you can draw, you can you can do all those fun things. But I think mm-hmm. part of their positioning is this is a way, this is a great device for sitting down on the couch or laying in bed with your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever you're doing and watching a movie or um, you know, surfing the web together, planning your wedding. And finally something to show up against the Surface tablets from Microsoft. So good on Apple for realizing, oh, those are popular products, and those have been around for a couple years. We probably should do something about that. So that smart connector definitely is something that the Surface was popular with, and uh, congrats to Logitech for helping Apple to make that keyboard for this uh, new iPad Pro. That's one of the keyboards. Right. Because Apple has their own branded keyboard. And then Logitech is also offering a third-party keyboard mm-hmm. that's a uh, clicky key the, keyboard. Yeah, the Create keyboard. Yeah. So the uh, the smart keyboard, the Apple keyboard, is kind of like the Surface smart cover keyboard. It's it's buttons, but it's all fabric, so there's no actual physical, like, buttons cut through a, you know, a frame. Whereas the Logitech one, you actually have buttons inside of a shell. I like the buttons in the shell. I do too. I like a physical uh, touch to it. I don't like a rubbery touch to keyboards. Yeah. Agreed. I can't. I can't use those full out, fold out Bluetooth keyboards for tablets. That just, I don't know. It doesn't have the right tactile feel to me. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I keep trying different ones, and I always end up coming back to the the Zag I've got for my iPad Air. Yeah, Zag is a great company. Yeah, it's a nice protective case, and it has a great keyboard. Zag and uh, Kensington both make yep. really good oh. keyboards. Yep, I had a Kensington on my original iPad. So, uh, all the cool details about the iPad Pro: 12.9 inch display, which is a resolution of 2732 by 2048. Not that anyone cares, but uh, what that really means is that when you put it in landscape mode, you can fit two iPad Air apps side by side and both of those would sit in portrait mode but that you could do like a full web browser page and a full email or note taking or Twitter client or whatever and bounce back and forth between the two. 
Yeah, they, nope. they made sure to point out that it was the pros is as wide as the iPad Air 2 is tall on the screen. So, yeah. And what do you think about the 264 pixels per inch less than the Retina original screen on the iPhone 4? The iPad, I think, iPhone has always been, or iPad has always been a little bit behind the iPhone, I think, as far as pixel density. And I think the, uh, the whole idea is supposed to be the distance you're using the device and that the phone you're more likely to use close to your face, whereas the iPad you're going to use it a little further away. So it's their their idea of retina is a combination of pixel density and distance from face that make it so you can't see the pixels. So it doesn't surprise me at the 264. I don't know what the other iPad is off the top of my head, but it doesn't surprise me. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the prices are pretty good. But uh, you know what they say about Apple products, never buy the first iteration. So I'm thinking mm, I might wait till the second one just to see if they increase that PPI resolution. Yeah, I don't see them increasing it, but it's possible. Um, and just for clarification, the iPad Air 2 is the same 264 PPI pixel density. So it is literally just two iPad Airs set side by side. As far as screen resolution, screen mm-hmm. quality. And that's how they did it. If you look closely, you can see the masking tape. In the yeah. back. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. Yes. I saw it. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to spoil everybody's party. Yeah. Um, iPad Pro also uses the A9X processor. And was it Adobe? Yeah, Adobe, Adobe let it slip, or it may have been a misprint, or who knows? Something that that it came with four gigs of RAM, which is double that of the iPad air two. Um, and then somewhere that it was, it was there and then it was gone on the press release. Right. So not sure. We'll have to find out in November when it actually is available. Yeah. I think maybe somebody at Adobe might've picked up, you know, on the double the bandwidth, I think was the memory bandwidth is double of what it is in the iPad two air, air two. Uh, I think they mentioned that during the thing about sure. the memory. So hmm. somebody may have took taken that as double the memory. So um, you know, we talked about the uh, the Apple Pencil. One of the things that makes that possible is a a faster refresh rate of the touch sensor on the display, which I know they spent some time on in the keynote. That the iPad Air two runs at 120 megahertz, or is 120 hertz, hertz megahertz, whatever that number is. Um, the iPad Pro is double that. I would say it's Hertz, only because my LCD LTV HDTV runs at 60 Hertz, and I know they have 120 and 240, so it's probably Hertz. There you go. So I had the wrong abbreviation in our notes. Hertz it is, because it's the same idea as a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. It's four times your TV. Right. And wow. so the screen is refreshing for touches. F- faster twice as fast as the ipad air 2 which then enables the apple pencil to have almost no lag um and be very very precise so is it true that you can touch a pixel with that pencil i i don't know i didn't use it but i and i don't remember specifically seeing that or hearing that but my guess is that you could get pretty close i heard that from somebody and i'm like that doesn't seem right but if so wow if that's the case, that would be a precision that the human eye can't pick up. So I don't know right? how they would measure that. Yeah. Um, 
but the uh, the cool thing about the pencil, which it's a stylus, but it's not a stylus. It's more than a stylus because to me, a stylus is that thing they give away at trade shows. That's just like a little rubber knob on a stick, basically, that you can touch over your screen. This actually has a pressure-sensitive tip. It can be uh, tilted sideways and be used for shading. Um, so it's it's a little more complicated than a stylus. And it charges on the lightning port of your iPad, which is kind of neat. So, yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, no other Apple device has been able to charge anything before. And you can plug in that pencil and charge it for just a few seconds and get up to 30 minutes of use out of that. Or charge it for six minutes and get up to two months of use. That's crazy. So I hope that Apple will allow you to charge other devices with the iPad Pro. What would you really charge off of it? My iPhone? I guess, maybe. It's a tablet? It's a backup battery. Right. Yeah. Why not? I want to know, is this something that the only the iPad Pro can do? Yes. Or is it a software limitation? Because I know like the stylus or the Apple Pencil only works with the iPad Pro. But could it's I... the only... No, it's hardware. Um, it's the only Apple device right now that has bi-directional charging. Okay. Because I was like, could I use my... Like, if I'm working on my iPad, could I plug the, the pencil into my iPhone and charge it at the same time? Yeah, not yet. Oh, damn. Because I could see... So. The, the other thing I could see with that is, um, you know, Apple does own, like, this huge headphone company. <laughs> and I've heard about that. And maybe you your headphones are a little low, and you're you're working on something. You want to charge them up. The idea that you could like plug your headphones in to your iPad, charge them up, would be super cool. It would be cool. But what I want to app- see Apple do is wireless charging. I know there's going to be advocates either way. Oh, there's electricity going through my head. But you know we're talking on cell phones every day, so we're kind of over that at this point. And there's Wi-Fi in your house and right. LTE floating around in the air. And you have Bluetooth connected to your wrist and, and, and probably a headset in on your, your ear, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, That's why you always keep a tinfoil hat real close. That's right. So we're connected now. Let's just do the wireless charging. It's possible. I've seen it for years at CES. Let's just get it done, Apple. Let's do it. I would like that. But I also think Apple likes that third parties are trying to figure it out and make it work. And just based off of charging my iPhone and charging my watch, because the watch is technically wireless charging. Right. The time it takes to do a charge on the watch is noticeably slower than it does on the iPhone. So wireless does have that as an issue, that it can only charge so fast. Well, and here's the thing at CTA this week in Las Vegas. It's fast wireless charging. So now they're using three coils, and it's as fast and there's no loss in the wireless portion, so it's less heat given off by the sending and receiving equipment. Uh, it does up to two amps. Oh, well, there you go. So two amps is uh, is what all of them need, and uh, Samsung has figured it out. Their little puck will be out shortly. Um, we'll only work with two of their phones right now, but that's something that Apple should look into licensing or uh, creating on their own. So fast wireless charging is a thing now. And it won't surprise me at all when we get there. What will be a little weird is the uh, the mat you have to set it down on. Because, you know, they'll add it to their laptops. They'll add it to the iPad. They'll add it to the iPhone. 
They'll add it to the watch. So all of a sudden you'll just have a desk where the entire surface of the desk is a charging pad. Sure. And you just drop all your things on the desk. And then they sync to each other. Jeez. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's coming. The fast wireless charging uh, was around for a couple months, and then Samsung said, okay, let's just do it. So Apple needs to just do it as well. Yeah. Well, you know, Apple's not always the first, but they'll be the first to make it really popular. Sure. So, um, anyway, iPad Pro, any other things to cover? Um, I'm finding hard to believe that these smart keyboards are costing 169 This is definitely a luxury price for a keyboard uh, for an iPad. So I think the third-party companies will be able to maybe bring that down a bit. It seems a little steep, but at the same time, I have uh, a Zag keyboard for my iPad Air, and it's $100, $120, something like that. See, that's a little more reasonable, though. But, but 169 you're... Yeah, but it's... I think part of it's because it, it, it the other thing you remember it doesn't use bluetooth. Right. It's using that smart connector and it also uses an like a lot of these clicky keyboards use the, the old school mechanism of keys whereas this one uses a little bit different material. Uh, and then there's the Apple tax you get attack onto that. So it doesn't of totally course. shock me. It it'll be interesting to see what Logitech comes in as. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't announced a price yet. And then the uh the Apple pencil is a hundred bucks, which for a, a fancy stylus, yeah, it's a lot. For an artist, a hundred dollars on a tool to create art probably falls somewhere in the realm of acceptable. If they especially if they only have to buy it once, you don't have to buy a whole bunch of different brushes. This one can be all your brushes. And I don't know if we mentioned it, but iPad Pro does not have force touch technology. So Correct. that's something they could add in a future version. They're I think they're offloading the idea of force touch at least for now, into the into the pencil instead. Makes sense. Also, they're getting people used to it with the new iPhones. Yep. Well, since you brought up iPhones, we'll skip down to iPhones. That actually happened later in the event, but we'll skip to that and we'll talk about it now and then we'll go back to the other one because the other thing is the other thing I'm most excited about talking about anyway. So, uh, two new iPhones, as expected. The iPhone 6S... And the iPhone 6S Plus. (laughs) The the long names. Um, And first off, before we even talk about the things, was there anything that the rumor blogs didn't get right? I'm not. I can't think of anything right off. No, I can't think of anything either other than the upgrade program. Sure. It's kind of what I expected. So an additional rose gold color to match the watch. Um, or maybe the watch to match the phone, whatever. So now you have four colors available, the space gray, the silver, the gold, and the rose gold. Um, side note about that, if you choose now to get an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, last year's model, the only options you have, at least through Apple, are black and silver. Well, space gray, but well, yes. Well, space gray and silver, yeah. So they, they took out the gold of the old model. So if you want gold... From an Apple store in the next, like, starting two weeks from now, um, or two weeks from tomorrow, today, Friday. You better whatever. get it now. Yeah. Yeah, get it now, because otherwise gold is going to force you into the uh, the new ones. So. And it's the same price point if you were to buy the new one now. So, might as well just get the new one in gold. Yeah. Wait, wait two weeks, get the new one. 
Right. Yeah. Um, 12 megapixel camera on the back, which everyone kind of expected. It's got a, a faster focus with their focus pixels and all of that and produces great, great pictures. The front camera got upgraded to five megapixels and they added a Snapchat style front facing camera flash where the screen will light up. So you have a flash on the front, but it uses some intelligence to actually adjust the tint of it. So you get better colors, better tones. Right, so it actually gives you that true tone effect, like the uh, backside of the actual flash does, but uh, just using the retina screen. Um, and then, as we talked about the last time you were with us, Mr. Roshnot, 4K video. Yay! Uh-huh. But 16 gigs, boo! Yeah, they, yeah. they, they kept the 16 gig <laughs> model around. and So, if you're doing 4K video with 16, I know... That you had mentioned um, on the docket that it could do 30 minutes. However, I don't know if you're, you know, counting all 16 gigs or what you have left over when you have the iOS installed. So what I what I did to math that Apple has a, a sample video of 4K shot on an iPhone on their website that you can download and watch, and it's 20 seconds long, and it's 133 meg. I think, or something like that, 130 meg, whatever, some file size. So I just did basic math. If 20 seconds is this much size, then 60 seconds would be this much size, mm-hmm. and then one minute would be, or one gig would be this much size. And then I assumed that the OS and that space it's taken up probably gives you about 12 gigs of usable storage. Okay. Which out of that 12 gig, and this is assuming no apps are installed other than the right. ones that come with the phone, you get between 30 and 31 minutes. Now, 9 to 5 Mac is reporting that you can get 40 minutes, but my guess is that their calculations are probably based on 16 gigs of available storage. Right. Which everyone knows isn't true. It isn't true. That's right. So, a 16 gig phone, if you have any, uh, any hopes of shooting 4K video, and you're going to do more than like 11 seconds, don't get a 16-gig iPhone. In fact, I really don't care what kind of video you're going to shoot. Just don't get a 16-gig iPhone. Correct. You, you'll, you will inevitably regret it later. And I have a coworker who got the 16-gig iPhone 6, and he was like, I'm out of space on here. After, And he's only had it a couple months. I was like, that's because you didn't listen to me. That yeah. happened to me. I bought a 16-gig 5s back in the day and returned it a week later said the space is just ridiculous plus i wasn't getting lte in my area anyway so it was okay to bring it back but the space issue was huge yeah so our psa is don't buy a 16 gig and that's i've actually seen this a couple times online in the last 24 hours or so that people are just collectively saying yeah probably not the best of ideas to get the 16 gig um, from app size to the video to your photos to email and messages like it's really easy to chew through 16 gig I got the 64 last time I'm pretty happy with it I don't shoot a lot of videos I don't shoot a lot of photos but I do have a lot of apps so um, I feel comfortable with it I, I immediately when I started up using it I was beyond the 16 gigs so yeah I can see myself starting 
to do 4K now that it's capable on an iPhone. So 64 or the 128 is definitely the one I'm looking to upgrade for my 5S. So, so. I like that idea. And I like that uh, I haven't heard any limitations to how long you can shoot a 4K file. Like I mentioned before, some Androids only allow you to shoot a certain amount of time in 4K. So if Apple breaks through this barrier, which it sounds like they did, uh, people will start doing 4K videos and uploading that to YouTube or other services. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing it'll probably be only limited by the storage of the device, and it, it may it may hold some reserve. You know, you can only do up to one gig of space left or something, because right. then the system mm-hmm. still needs some space for resources. But obviously, we don't know. We'll have to find out. You know, on the 25th, 26th of September when it's out, if you're getting one. Will you be upgrading? How about you, Chris? I will probably, and I think I'm eligible in December. I'm on T-Mobile's jump plan, so actually I may be able to upgrade even sooner. But I know I can get, at least every year, I can get a new phone. So right. I'll definitely be uh, trading in the, handing them over the old 6, 6 Plus and getting the 6S Plus. Cool. There's enough there to make it worth it. I mean, especially since it won't be any big change on how much I'm paying or anything like that. Right. How about you, Ian? I don't know. I'm so torn. Come on. Let's be honest. Are you going to do it? I, I am. The uh, the addition of the 3D Touch, which there's some cool stuff. We haven't even gotten a 3D Touch yet, which is their Force Touch on the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Does some cool things. Like, as you push down on an app icon... Partway, it gives you like a little contextual menu on your home screen. Or if you're inside of the Messages app, as you push down partway, it gives you a preview of like the most recent two messages you received. Push a little harder, it pops open to full screen and launches the app. It opens that message. So they're calling it Peak and Pop, which is kind of neat. And when they showed it in the demo, I was like, I must own this. I have to have it. It is so cool. I remember right. words to that effect in a message. I I believe I don't know if it was in a message or if it was in the Twitter live tweeting, but I was like, I need it, have to have it, no question. And then they demoed a game where, like, as you force touch, your character like zooms in his scope on his gun. Oh my god, had to have it. Um, but as I think about it more, I just got the six. I actually just got my six replaced, like in June. Because oh, wow. I, I had an issue with um, it. I, I woke up one morning and it just wasn't wasn't working anymore. Just oh, wow. all black. So I took it to the Apple store. Uh, Apple Care took care of replacing it. So I just got a refreshed six. It works great. I don't know if I need the six plus or six S plus. Um, if if I were gonna do a, an upgrade, I would go with the the plus. So yeah, I don't know. I'll have to decide. But one option for me, if I decide to do it, is uh, Apple's new payment program, which is kind of neat, I think. Maybe? Yep, it definitely is. The great thing about that one is it's got Apple Care Plus included with it. Yeah, that's true. Which is now 129 now for the, six and the six, uh, 6S and 6S Plus. Correct. Totally so, worth it. So, yeah. You, if, and if you like to upgrade every year and you always get Apple Care... That's the way to go. Yeah. And the the other thing about it, and I was talking offline with uh, another friend of mine who we were talking about the upgrade program, and it, he was doing the math on it. He's like, oh, well, why is, if the iPhone is uh, 750 
7.30, what did he say? I'll actually scroll back and get the actual numbers. He said, so the uh, the payment plan for a 6S 64 gig is 36.58 a month. So you, over the course of the 24 months, you pay $877. But retail on the phone is 750 And he was like, why is it an extra $127? Well, actually, you're getting Apple Care Plus on it for $2 less than retail price. Nice. So... It, you're actually you're just paying full price for the phone, plus Apple Care minus two dollars. Um, I don't know how tax works in that, and you you pay the tax up front just like if you would through a carrier like uh, Chris Hawk's plan on T-Mobile. You pay the tax when you buy the phone, the whole yeah. tax. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? So yeah, you 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 get that your iPhone is then yours. You pay for it over the course of twenty four months. They auto bill your credit card and. That's how that works. So, uh, I don't know if there's a credit check required. I did not officially see information, but the way their site reads, it says financing provided by some Citizens Bank, I think. Hmm, that's interesting. So the way, the way it reads is like you have to open a line of credit. Right. But I'm wondering if they're actually just doing a credit check and then they have your information. So if you decide to duck out and never pay them, they can send collections after you. So. Well, in years past, and I think they still use them, they use Barclays Bank uh-huh. for the Apple credit card. So I wonder if they're going to use Barclays or, like you said, some other bank. Like I said, on on their site, there's like a little, next to the payment plan, there's a little icon for this other citizen's bank. Hmm. Uh, so, yes, that is who they're using. I do not know if it's a credit, a line of credit, or if it's just a credit approval, like a credit check, and then you get the... Sure. You use a credit card. I don't know. Um, says subject eligibility on there too. So yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm guessing they just do a basic credit check, um, and then they have your information in the system. Sounds good. Um, the other, the one last thing with the uh, 6s and 6s plus that they spent a little bit of time on, and probably spent too much time on, but they had to explain it is live photos, which is basically just a when you take a picture with live photos turned on, it records a couple seconds of video before and after turns it into a GIF uh, or a GIF with audio, and you can use those as animated watch faces uh, by syncing them to your Apple Watch or as like lock screen and home screen wallpapers. So when you unlock your phone, you could get a you know a butterfly flapping its wings or uh, your wife flashing you or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> just some ideas. Um, so that was something well, they added. Kind of funny, kind of fun. I don't know. It's nice that they're doing that. Uh, Windows phones have had that for about a year now. Uh, they've worked pretty well. But now that Apple's doing it, they're going to be making it popular. So that makes sense. Um, and the fact that you can sync it to your Apple Watch, it's even better. So My wife uses one on her Apple Watch, one of the uh, just one of the animated faces, one of the ones that comes with it. And she really likes it. For me, I'm a more traditional watch face guy. Um but I could see on the iPhone how it could be kind of cool. You know, we have some cute little puppies running around. They do cute stuff all the time and make little faces and do stupid things. It might be fun to have a little short clip of that and have that. So every time I wake my phone up, there they are. And you make you smile. Exactly. Um, one other thing, I guess, even though I just said one other thing and then we'd move on. One more thing. One more, one more thing. Um. <laughs> The uh, 6S and 6S Plus come with the M9 motion coprocessor 
and apparently somehow motion coprocessor also enables an always available Siri without significant battery drain. So you no longer have to have your iPhone plugged in and then say that thing that makes Siri do the thing. Um, <laughs> instead, you can now just say that thing at any point in time when your iPhone is listening. How do you prevent it from doing it whenever anybody walks by? In iOS 9, there's a new setup. When you when you upgrade, see, hey, uh, the lady gets shut off. <laughs> and when you re-enable it, you actually like train Siri to your voice a little bit. So I actually just did that today uh, when I realized that it wasn't working. And I was like, well, I want to retrain her so that she now understands what I'm saying. Um, the M9 uh, used to be a coprocessor, so it would sit next to the main CPU in the iPhone. And now Apple's gone ahead and integrated that. So it will now always be on, always motion tracking you as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the fitness apps adjust yeah, it's supposed to be on. able to track a lot better now since all right. Nice. So that's good. So, okay, I think I'm actually out of iPhone success success plus stuff. Anything else oh, for you guys? Yes, <clears throat> let's talk about that rose gold color. <laughs> oh yeah, the rose gold color. Oh yeah. So, I was just gonna skip that. I think it's a little too pink for me. Agreed. I mean, I applaud them for doing rose gold. I was hoping it was gonna look like the rose gold that Nike used on their fitness bands, but alas. I'm wondering if in person it looks more like that. Although that's a shinier metal. Right, that's true. I don't know. It's it's almost offensive the shade of pink they chose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. It when I when I started thinking about it, you know, a month ago or whenever when the rumors said it was gonna happen, I was like, Oh, I'd totally be down with a rose gold. And now I look at it and I'm like, that's a girl's phone. Not to be sexist. But it's 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 very feminine looking because it's so pink. Well, if it makes you feel better, that's what my wife said about it too. <laughs> really? Good. She said, "Yeah, it's too pink. It's it's what we call mulva pink around here." Yeah. So it's mm. just uh, too. Yeah, too even for even for a girl like my wife. So I I feel like the gold in the pictures online doesn't represent the actual gold iPhone very well. So I'm hoping that maybe the the rose gold. Uh, iPhone isn't as bad, and if you want to see what the rose gold of the iPhone will look like, head to your nearest Apple store and look at the rose gold sport watch, because it's the same color, and those are in stock already. Cool. So, I don't care for it, but there it is. The last thing to talk about from the show, which was not actually the last thing, but it's the last thing now, we're going to talk about. Now we're talking about it last. And that is the Apple TV. Yay! And... I'm just going to say it. It's got an app store for apps on apps on apps. Finally. Yes. Yeah. About but, damn time. But there's a limit of 200 megabytes. So games. Mm. So I, I don't know if you looked at the link that I put in the show, the, uh, the, the document here. And if anybody else wants to read it, uh, show notes, magnificentpodcast.com slash 19. Um, the, Are they going to be able to, is there going to be downloadable? Bu- oh yeah, it is. Okay. I just clicked the, click the link. Um, the, uh, 200 megabytes is basically what gets installed directly to the system memory. So for a game, let's say, you might get just your basic menu and setup screens and whatever you need just to start the game, like to open the app. Uh huh. And then it can load as it needs resources from the app store 
So each level could be its own 200 megabyte bundle or bigger. And I think the bundles can actually be bigger than 200 meg. Maybe I'm. Which is similar to what they're talking about, what they were going to, what they are doing now with iOS 9 and Swift. Correct. Smaller downloadable uh, apps and then, you know, as it's needed, it's downloaded. Right, because there's no sense in having, you know, if if a game has 100 levels, there's no sense in downloading all 100 levels up front. Right, like why have a 1.3 gigabyte game download that you have to wait for? Apple knows that people don't want to wait for that. Right, because you can't play the end 90% of that game until you beat the first 10%. Exactly. You can just sit back and say, okay, he's, you know, at the middle of level 5, he'll be wanting 8, certain. so let's start downloading. Exactly. So the idea is that this 200 megabyte limit is is the initial download size. It doesn't mean that apps can't be larger. Apps can be as big as they want. They just need to be able to download resources on demand. And then the Apple TV itself can decide what to do with those. Whether it keeps them in its cache for a while. Let's say you're partway through a level, you pause, you go eat dinner, you come back. It's not going to purge that. Let's say you quit playing a game and you haven't touched it in a month. It's going to get rid of any of that stuff that's there because there's no sense in keeping a system space tied up for a game that you've stopped playing. Because how often does that happen to you? You download a game on your iPhone, you play it for a while, and you never touch it again. It happens all the time. Exactly. Um, so that's cool. The other thing that's kind of nice with this App Store, in in my mind at least, is that now, even though Apple didn't make a deal with cable companies and content companies, they could, in theory, utilize the App Store as a way, like a game, a, a TV history channel, for example, could make an app and for 99 cents a month, you could subscribe to History Channel through an app, and now you could watch it on your Apple TV. So it's possible this a la carte TV thing could be a reality with apps. Well, the biggest disappointment for me for the new Apple TV is there's no USB port. And everybody on Twitter and all kinds of developers are crying about no USB port to hook up an external hard drive. Now, I get that you can stream parts of apps and games to it on demand, but there's no USB port for other expansion at this time. So that's that's too bad. So you're thinking like movies and videos and whatever that you could store things on? Right. Yeah, a lot of the other set-top streamers allow you to hang a USB drive off of it. Well, exactly. Play directly from there. I think Apple's We're- looking at the idea that you can use your Mac to do that. You can load your videos into iTunes and then right there on the screen, you can choose computer and say, I'm going to play a video from my Mac. And your Mac can have as many hard drives as you want on it. So, it, yes, it requires you to have another device. Or they could be on your iPad. I don't know. One reason I'd like to see a USB port on it is just simply to be able to recharge the damn game controllers. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're going to have the Bluetooth game controllers. My company's already announced, uh, they already announced one today. It's going to be rechargeable, so why not be able to recharge it right off your Apple TV like you can your Sony PS4? Sure. That would be great. I don't know. I think I think they're looking at it from a, if you get the game controller, you're going to have a, a lightning cable hanging around, and you can just plug it in with that. Because some of the new controllers, the, uh, the Nimbus, the Seal Series Nimbus is the one you're talking about, right? Right. Yeah, it has a lightning port, so you can charge it with the same cord that charges your iPad and your iPhone. I like the idea of a Siri remote with that swipe area that's cool i do too and and looking at pictures the verge posted some pictures uh today in their hands-on thing maybe it was last night in their hands-on thing it looks like an ipod nano the old tall skinny yeah, it does uh i don't remember what generation that was 
first generation, second generation Nano? First, first, first generation. Yeah, yeah, it was first. It looks like that. Just they've now where the screen was is now a swipe area, a glass swipe area, and then where the click wheel was is now a set of buttons. Cool. So it it looks super cool, and it's it's it works as a game controller, and it also has a gyroscope and accelerometer in it. Wow! So you can play Wii style gaming with that. Nice. Yeah, they demoed that yesterday. That's a couple of cool games that look really fun to play. So right. And then you can also use your uh, iPhone or iPod Touch as an additional controller. Or like Chris said, there are third-party controller options um, that you can get for gaming and stuff like that. Now, would you buy it? I would say yes. I'm going to buy it because I have the original Apple TV, so it is time for me to update. Yes, me too. I am 100% all in on on getting an Apple TV, probably two of them actually. I'll, I'll have at least one in my house by the end of the year. (laughs) <laughs> um, one actually one of the big things that sold me on the Apple TV is the universal search. So yeah, that looks great. From just turn on the Apple TV and right away you say, "Show me action movies," and it brings up a whole list of action movies. And then not only can you watch any of the action movies that show up, but you can play whether they're on Netflix or Hulu or HBO or your or iTunes. You can just real quick pick the one, pick whatever movie it is, and say go, and it's going to find the option for you. Great. Even, even better than that, you can go a step deeper. So show me action movies and it pulls up a list and you say just the ones with Liam Neeson and then it filters out just, you know, Liam Neeson's entire movie collection. Which is taken one through three. <laughs> <laughs> and Star Wars Episode One. Sure. And I don't know, he's been in a ton of movies where he's... Dark he Man. Has. Let's yeah, not forget a classic dark man. He's he's just a kick-ass guy in all of his movies. Uh, was he also in The Walk Among the Tombstones? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. And there was that one. That was good. Um, another one. Something where he's on the jet plane. And something. He's the U.S. Marshal, U.S. Air Marshal. And, oh, right. Uh, like I said, every movie is an action movie. Yeah, all of a sudden, he's an so action movie. So you could say, just, you could say just, the, just the Liam Neeson movies, and then it shows just those. And you could say just the ones... Just the t- the Taken ones, and now it filters it down to just the Taken movies. You hit play on whatever it is, and it finds the source, and it plays it. So, And, and it seems like it's really natural English, too. I mean, you don't yeah. have to stick specifically to a certain set of commands, or it's getting more it's, conversational it's, with it. It's very natural language. There's not like a special, I have to learn the Apple TV vernacular to, to use this thing. Yeah, you don't, you don't have a brochure full of commands you can use. Yeah, so... It, it utilizes Siri, and I think it really also demonstrates how good Siri has gotten. Right. So, the uh, new Apple TV does not currently support 4K video, which was a surprise to me because the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus shoot 4K. Yeah, I was I was shocked about that. But from my understanding, that is a software-only restriction. So at some point, Apple could open it up and say, now you can play 4K just fine. So I don't know if there's a network issue that they're trying to work through or they don't think there's enough 4k content to turn it on but could 4k wireless like that be a, a an issue i mean could that be a bottleneck for wireless connections right i now? imagine it probably would be so maybe there's some caching related stuff that would have to happen do we know the wireless spec on that apple tv uh a b g n a c okay so I mean, even on the most even on the most current Apple TV, the what the fourth generation or whatever it's now, before this one, they suggested if you could to plug it directly into the router instead of relying on wireless. That's true. It 
does still have the Ethernet port, so that is possible. Um, but yeah, it uses the A8 chip of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Uh, it, I know it's not your A10 you were hoping for. I wanted the A10, damn it. Um, but it's available in... Be bold. Yeah. Available in 32 gig, 64 gig, uh, 149 and 199, respectively, and available in late October. I'm in for one, 32 I'm, gig. I think I'm in for the same. Maybe two. If I have to pay for it, it's 32 gig. If I can convince someone in my family to buy one for Christmas for me, 64. 64. Yep. I want to be on that Christmas list. Yeah. Oh, it's a list. <laughs> it's a like, oh, you want to be on this list. <laughs> so, uh, for usually we do the something of the week here where we get to the end of the show. And so for me, I think I'm going to modify the something of the week because I can. So, you're so, I want to know what you guys something of the week is as far as the Apple announcement. What are you most excited about or least excited about? What what was the winner? What was the snoozer of the event? Uh, I got to say, I mean, the thing I'm most excited about, not necessarily the winner, but I mean, is that Apple TV? That's what I've been waiting for for th- at least three years now for this damn upgrade. So, yeah, let's let's get that out there and get that. That's just what I've been wanting. As far as least excited... Really, the iPad Pro. I'll probably never own one. Uh, I, I really do think it's going to wind up being a targeted device for professionals. Sure. Um, the Apple Watch Gold color. I like that. There you go. Other Chris, what's your picks? So, 6S Plus, um, 64 gig is probably what I'll be looking at. I can't wait for the upgrade. And I can't believe that. The GPU is 90% faster in the 6S Plus than the 6 Plus. Yeah, that's amazing. That is great. And 70% faster. And a smaller battery, but it still lasts as long. So, wow. That's great. I'm excited to start shooting in 4K and editing on the iPhone itself and then publishing from the iPhone. That's, That's awesome. We forgot to mention that. That's really cool. It's very cool. I mean, I do that all the time when I'm out at events. So now I can be 4K enabled. How great is that? Um, the least favorite thing, I'm going to agree with Chris, is the iPad Pro. I think it's great for a certain small share of the already small Apple market, even though Apple makes most of the money on their mobile products. They needed to do something because they have a MacBook, you know, MacBook Air, and they've upgraded the MacBook to be like the MacBook Air. So where does the MacBook Air fit into the whole product lineup? Well, the iPad Pro is probably going to take over that yeah. MacBook Air. So I think that's what they're going to do with that eventually. But, uh, yeah, now that I've waited to get an Apple Watch and now they'll have it in gold, definitely look at that along with the uh, 6S Plus. Very good. Uh, for me, my pick of a winner is... I think the Apple TV also. Uh, I'm excited to see how the app things works. Apps thing works out. A universal search works out, and you use Siri on it, and to play some silly racing games and stuff like that with my wife because we've been looking for a fun way to play racing games. And on the Xbox, it's kind of a pain actually. I didn't realize it was going to be, but it is. Um, big letdown for me. Um, can I say the Mac? Because it got no love at all? That'll be at another event. This was more of like the mobile 
products other yeah. than the Apple TV. This is more the mobile event. But do they will they have enough for the Mac to make a full event out of it, or is it going to be relegated to a press release? I think it's going to be a press release. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Mac is let down, and if I could follow it up very closely, I would say rose gold as a color is my <laughs> letdown because yes. while it looks okay on the watch, it definitely doesn't look good on the phone. Not a fan of that color, even though I like the rose gold on other devices. Yes, I think Apple missed missed it on this one. So, with that, uh, our fantastic listeners who followed us through the show and followed the uh, the event with us a little after the event happened. Uh, you can find the show notes for anything important, which will probably just be a bunch of links to Apple's website at magnificentpodcast.com slash 19. And uh, tweet us your questions at the uh, the Twitter name at magnificentfm. And even though nobody does, you can also use the hashtag askmagnificent if you feel so inclined. And you can also leave us a rating review on iTunes to help people find the show. And it tells us you care. My thanks. As always, to both of you, Chris's, uh, for all your thoughts and takes on the announcements. And if uh, if people care to find you guys on the internet, where should they look? Well, you can find me twenty four k twenty four k media on Twitter and Instagram, and all of my links are on those two Twitter accounts, so you can find me there. And Twitter's the best place to find me too at clhauk at c l h a u k. And of course, anything that's on the Mac Trust account is probably written by me. But from both those accounts, you can find all the links for me, too. Putimus. Where can we find you, Ian? I'm at Ian Fuchs, I-A-N-F-U-C-H-S, on the Twitter machine. And uh, occasionally posting on MacDrast. And uh, posting podcasts once a week, roughly. Well, cool. Thanks so much for having me again this week. I know I pop in uh, when you guys need it, and I always appreciate it. And we, we always appreciate you coming in. Absolutely. Cool. So, uh... With that, you guys have a, a fantastic evening and a fantastic weekend. You too. You too. Which wife was this? The fifth? Sixth? Uh, that was number three. If you keep oh, a score. No. If you keep a score. Oh, number, th- number three on the scorecard, number 24 in your heart. Oh, wow. <laughs>